ASM, how's it going? Uh, if you are new with us this week, you somehow stumbled upon our video, a friend invited you to come and watch this with them. Uh, my name is Curtis. I am one of the pastors here at ASM or Alderwood Student Ministry. Uh, if you're watching this video on your own, that's totally fine. Uh, what I'm gonna ask you to do though is grab a copy of God's Word. You can uh, look it up online or if you have a physical copy that you can pull out and have there with you so that you can actually follow along as we're teaching through uh, this passage. Uh, the intention for all of these videos is that you would use them in the context of your small group during our midweek gatherings on Zoom. So hopefully you have had your small group time, now you're gonna watch this as a uh, small group, and then you're gonna move into a time of discussion after the video is over. Thank you so much for gathering with us this week. Now on to our video. Hey guys, welcome back. We're in another week of our series, Meant for Good, jumping into the life, the story of Joseph here in Genesis. Uh, this week, we're at the tail end of chapter 39 through 41. Hopefully, you've had a great discussion already in small groups, um, but I wanna take some time just to pause, and a lot has happened. We're in week three. We're actually at kind of the midway point of this series. It's gonna be a short series, um, but a lot is happening. Just a ton of stuff is happening, and it's happening over a longer period of time than it would seem. What's just a couple of pages in our Bible, uh, what's just a couple of chapters, in reality is many, many years. And so I wanna spend just a second, and let's talk about what has happened in Joseph's life, right? So we started our very first week, very first part of Joseph's story is he gets a dream. Joseph is 17 years old. So he's a junior or senior in high school, so you guys can relate, but he's about 17 years old and he gets a dream that he is going to be of great importance that the rest of his family is actually gonna bow before him. He's gonna rise above them and bow before them. And that dream was from God. And Joseph was confident of that and knew that. So 17, he's puffed up, he gets it. He's like, God has called me to big things and everything that has happened since then has been bad right okay so what happens he tells his brother about the dream they plan to kill him and then they ease up on that and just sell him into slavery right that's week one last week joseph is actually sold into slavery to be a slave to potiphar who's an important egyptian right and he actually in his time in slavery there which we don't know how long is probably a couple of years he actually raises up to be a, a pretty important slave um and then potiphar's wife falsely accuses him and joseph gets thrown into jail Right? Okay, so Joseph has been a slave, gained a little bit of traction, still is a slave, and then gets tossed into jail. And he's actually in jail for a really long time. But in his time in jail, again, kind of like when he was a slave, he rises in trust and importance of the, the head prison guard. And actually, Joseph gets put like in charge of all the other prisoners. So, still down here, still a prisoner, right? But he's actually in charge of the prisoners, which is great. Now, Joseph is in prison probably about 10 years. This is a really, really long time. And partway through that, uh, these, these extra uh, royals, or not really royals, but people that were, were serving the royals, I should say, uh, they get thrown into jail with him, right? The cupbearer and the baker uh, are who they are. And they have dreams, uh, just like Joseph had dreams. And Joseph 
through the power of God, is able to interpret their dreams and has the chance for these guys to go before Pharaoh and share their dreams, share the fact that Joseph was able to interpret their dreams. This is Joseph's ticket out. Finally, if Pharaoh hears that this guy, this special guy can interpret dreams that's in his prison, Joseph could be freed. And these guys get out and they share with Pharaoh and they forget about Joseph, right? Joseph is left to rot once again. And two years pass from that point. So to recap, Joseph was 17 and then sold into slavery. He's there for some time. Then he's in prison. He's there for probably about 10 years. And then two years pass from his chance to have a ticket out to now. And now Joseph has another chance to get out because Pharaoh's having dreams. And now the cupbearer finally remembers he's got a dream guy. That guy's name is Joseph and he's in prison. And so he reminds Pharaoh, Pharaoh calls for Joseph and Joseph is brought before Pharaoh. This is his moment of redemption. Finally, he gets to come out of prison. Everything's looking up for Joseph. Pharaoh says, I hear you can interpret dreams. And Joseph's words are, no, I can't. What? <laughs> no, I can't. But, and this is in chapter one, for, or chapter 41, verse 16, Joseph says, I cannot do it. It's not by my power that I'm able to do this. This isn't about me. No, Pharaoh, I don't interpret dreams. God interprets dreams. Do you see what happened there? Joseph has had 13 years of waiting for anything positive to happen. And finally, he gets the chance where his dreams, literally his dreams can be realized. And what does he do in that moment? He glorifies God. It's not about him. 13 years of suffering, of pain, of slavery and prison. And he glorifies God at the end of it. Think about how long 13 years is. Some of you aren't even 13 years old. It's longer than you've been alive. For others of you, it's basically your entire life. 13 years is a long time. And imagine if God had promised you something something big, and you had to wait the time that is your entire life for that to happen. And in that time, it wasn't just your waiting. It was your family hated you and wanted you dead. You were a slave. You were a prisoner. You were forgotten and you were left to rot. And that's what happened in those 13 years. That would suck. That is horrible. And then finally your chance for redemption appears. And you, what is your response? Because if we're being honest, if I'm being honest, and I've had to wait 13 years for God to answer what he promised to me, for God to give me what was promised to me, I would feel like I deserved that sooner. I would feel like God had forgotten me. God had abandoned me. And in those 13 years, I probably would have gotten a little bit mad at God. I probably would have gotten really mad at God. And then when it's my chance to shine, I would probably want my glory, not God's. Because what is the normal response to suffering in our life? Well, it's, God, why is this bad thing happening to me? God, make this bad thing stop. God, you're not good to me anymore because you've forgotten me and you've let this bad thing happen to me. Right, that, that's our normal response. 
I know for me, uh, there was this time a couple years ago when I was, a, I was still a small group leader, uh, and I just had a really tough group of guys. Um, I loved them, and I mean, they were great, but on, in, in terms of spiritual growth, it was just difficult, man. Me and my co-leader, we spent so much time in prayer, so much time building relationships with them, trying to, to study the word with them. And we'd have times where it would seem like it's going great. And all of a sudden something would happen. Drama would happen. You guys all know what that's like. Drama would happen. Uh, and then everyone would get mad at each other and it all fall apart. And we just got frustrated because to us, what had happened in our time of prayer is we felt close to God. We felt confident that God would honor our hard work and that we would get to see reward where our guys, our our reward would be that we would see our guys grow spiritually. It'd be like for you and your friends, you spend a lot of time sharing the gospel with a friend and you want the reward to be, they accept the gospel and you see them grow in their faith. It's a great thing. This is an honorable thing. And in my time where I was praying with God, I felt close to him. I felt confident that this was going to happen. And it just never did. It never did. And I got pissed. I'll be honest. I I got a little bit upset. I was like, God, I thought you told me this was going to happen. I thought that because I was faithful, I earned this. And ultimately, what this was a lesson in for me was a lesson in patience. It was a lesson in humility and understanding that it's not about me. It's about God's work. It's about God's timing. My point is to glorify and elevate God, not me. And so even though I was asking for a good thing, my heart still was not really in the right place. And so the question is, how can we actually grow to be faithful like Joseph in our times of suffering, right? And, and not just short-term suffering, because sometimes it can be gritted out. This is a short season and and there's a light at the end of the tunnel and you see it. I mean, remember Joseph was 13 years. So this can be a long time of suffering. And Joseph's story proves to us that even when we suffer for a long time, God has not abandoned us. So how can we be as faithful as Joseph? And, And one of the things, it's just a building block of our faith. One of the things that will help us in our relationship to grow and honor God is simply prayer. Usually when I pray, I'm asking God for something. I want something from him. Uh, but the truth is, that's not really all prayer is about. Uh, it's actually just a small part of what prayer is about. Really, the truth is that prayer is so important in our lives because it's about changing our hearts. It's not about changing God's heart, not about changing God's mind to do what we want him to. It's actually about changing our hearts to become more like God's. When you talk to God more, when you're in relationship with him more, you will become more like him. And that is what prayer accomplishes. So what does this look like? Uh, What does it it really look like to spend more time in prayer, to to grow in your understanding of prayer, to grow in your love of prayer? Um, First things first, it's not just all about uh, hands folded, eyes closed, head bowed. That's not not all prayer is. Um, It's not saying that's a bad thing. Uh, But for example, I like to pray when I'm driving. And if I did this while I'm driving, um, I would get to heaven a lot faster. But that's that's not the only way to pray, right? Prayer is just, remember, it's talking to God. And you can do that throughout the day. We're supposed to pray without ceasing. We're supposed to constantly be in prayer. Um, And and one simple thing, just a way to start, right? Think of it this way. 
Like you wake up in the morning. And this is, this is what uh, I've tried to do in my life. And you just take five minutes when you wake up. Instead of rolling over and grabbing your phone for five minutes, just spend some time. Pray to God about your day, about what's going to happen. Ask him for opportunities to serve him, to love him. Ask him for faith to help you. Ask him to guide you. Ask that you would grow in your relationship with him. Simple things. Pray about the things that trouble you. Pray about your friends. As things are happening during the day, you may be having a conversation with your friend. Maybe they're on the phone, they're texting, maybe it's on Zoom now, uh, but you get to hang out with your friends and they're sharing something that's hard in their life and you don't know what to say because you probably don't, that's really hard. This is where, example, hands folded, eyes closed, head bowed, would probably look weird to them while they're talking to you. It'd probably be a little rude. That's where you can just, in the moment, as you're listening, just be praying and say, God, pray for your friend. Ask him for the words to, to give you wisdom, to speak back to them, that will show them love, that will show them God's love. Maybe you're in a conversation, same idea, you're sharing the gospel with someone and you don't know what to say. God says, good news, do not worry because in that moment I will give you the words to speak. So pray and ask for that in the moment. This isn't just about conversations, this could just be as you uh, are going about your day. So you're riding in the car with your parents, as you're walking around, you see people, be in prayer. Ask God, help you, help your heart be aligned with his, look for ways to love people. I, I know from experience when I would walk around campus at college and I was in constant prayer, I would see people differently. It's wild when you actually talk to God a lot, when you're constantly in communication with him, you're a lot more loving and patient with people. It's a little wild, isn't it? Challenge you with that. Look at your prayer life, right? Here's just a couple of, of questions to close. But what is the most common thing that you pray for right now? What's that one thing you're constantly praying for? And what are some other things that you think maybe you could start to pray for that might help your relationship with God? Don't let your prayer life just be about one thing. And what's something else that you can do, maybe other than prayer? Think outside of this. Prayer is just one thing. There's a lot of things we can do to help us grow and be faithful so that when we struggle and when we suffer, we can honor God. So what's something else you can do other than prayer? And talk about this with your small groups that could help you when you're suffering or when you're struggling with your relationship with God. What's something that you could, could add, uh, that you could try? And... Remember, our, our goal here is to honor God. Our goal is to be faithful, uh, just like Joseph. 13 years of faithfulness and, and coming out at the end to honor God, that is something that is remarkable and honorable and, and something that I personally really desire out of my life. And I don't know if I could do that right now. So let's do this together as a group, as a small group, as friends, as family. Let's do this together where we can challenge each other to grow in our faithfulness, right? Love you guys. We're stoked about Wednesday nights in the parking lot. It's awesome. Uh, so amazing. So good. I have said this every week. I can't wait to see you in person. Now I have. So it's so great. So I'm so excited. Uh, can't wait for another week jumping into the word with you guys. Have a great one. Bye.